Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you driven a Ford lately? Ford and your local Ford invite you to see the 1983 Ford Cars and Trucks present... The USFL, the big plays. Lots of big plays Sunday afternoon. Nickerson Field, Boston, Massachusetts. Philly Stars looking to clinch the Atlantic Division. Leading 3-0. Second quarter of Tuzina to Willie Collier. Touchdown and a big 10-0 lead for the Stars. But into the fourth quarter now. It's 10-6. Philly hanging on. Boston's Johnny Walton, the quarterback, finds Charlie Smith with the biggest catch of the day for the Breakers. 17 yards and a score. 13-10 Boston. But Philadelphia regains the lead. Here's that combination again. Tuzina to Collier. Touchdown. Philly up. 17-13, but there is no quit in this Boston Breaker team. Out of the shotgun formation, quarterback Walden looks for the rookie. Nolan France from Tulane, a big catch to keep the drive. Down to the store, 14-yard line. That last play of the game. Walden from the shotgun, four seconds left. He's looking for Charlie Smith. Off his hands, but a touchdown. Frank Lockett catches it. The biggest play maybe for the Boston Breakers all year. They upset Philadelphia 21-17. Hello and salutations to all. Welcome to this edition of Forward Pass Thinking Audio Content. I'm your host, as always, Jonders, and today we have the New York Times bestselling author of Gunslinger. You know that if you're a longtime listener. And the bad guys won football. His new book is Football for a Buck. It's Jeff Perlman. Jeff Perlman, how the heck are you? <laughs> I'm uh, tired and walking the streets in New York, but otherwise I'm good. Oh, nice. Um, how close to you right now are you to Trump Tower? Uh, I am uh, not close at all. Okay. A couple miles away. Yeah. Hey, uh, talking about that guy, Trump, I don't think he, uh, you know, we don't talk about him enough, right, as a society? So I'm going to ask you a Trump question. Um, right. So what was the thought behind starting the book with John Bassett's letter to Donald Trump? We interrupt your currently scheduled podcast to bring you this breaking news. Space aliens have attacked Earth. You're all going to die. They're hostile. You're going to die. Actually, it's John Drew's here. I'll just jump with you. Space aliens, I don't know, they could be. Uh, probably not. Probably there are prior space aliens. So, I'm interrupting here because I feel like I did a bad job of, uh, you know, presenting the USFL. I always assume that people know as much as me, which I know sounds like a brat. I don't know, it doesn't matter. The point is that the USFL in the mid-80s was a springtime football league. It was a lot of fun. The whole idea was kind of be counterculture and counter-NFL. It was going to be more fun. They introduced things like the two-point conversion, the uh, red challenge flag. It was a lot of fun. Everybody was having a gale time watching it until Donald Trump bought in the second year and he started forcing people, he started bullying people into thinking that his way was right, that it should be compete directly with the NFL in the fall. You know, big mistake, but whatever. 
Anyways, um, I just asked, uh, Jeff Perlman about this letter from the Tampa Bay Bandits owner, they were USFL team, uh, John Bassett, sent to Donald Trump. I'm gonna read it for you. Dear Donald, on a number of occasions over the past meetings, I have listened with astonishment at your personal abuse of the commissioner and various other partners if they did not happen to espouse one of your causes or agree with one of your arguments. It is obvious from the record that you are a talented and successful young man. It is also a fact that I regard you as a friend and an owner who made contributions to the league in general and been a savior to the New York, New Jersey in particular. While others may be able to let your insensitive and degrading comments pass, I no longer will. You are bigger, younger, and stronger than I, which means I will have no regrets whatsoever punching you in your mouth the next time an instance occurs where you personally scorn me or anyone else who does not happen to salute and dance to your tune. I really hope you don't know what you're doing, but you are not only damaging yourself with your associates, but alienating them as well. Think before you shoot, and when you do fire, stick to the message without killing the messenger. Kindest personal regards, John F. Bassett. Alright, now we'll continue with your regular scheduled uh, podcast there. I just thought it was the greatest letter ever, and um, I thought it said a lot about the USFL, and it said a lot about the dynamic that brought down the USFL in a way. And um, I don't know, it was such a gem to, to sort of come across that I just, uh, I didn't want to waste it, I didn't want to bury it. So I put it there, I can't say there's any amazing rhyme or reason to it, but uh, I, I guess it's kind of a tone setter in a way. Um, I read this book in a three-day period. I kind of put it down. In between day two and three, I had a dream where uh, John Bassett was on the phone with Donald Trump. John Bassett looked like John McClain, the Houston beat writer. Did you have any Trump dreams while writing this book? No, I never had Trump dreams, but I had a lot of U.S. of our dreams. Like, I dreamed. Uh, one night, I, I swear to God, I'm going to make this up. I dreamed that I was going to attack by football helmets, by U.S. of our helmets one night. Um, I dreamed that the U.S. of our had kidnapped me. <laughs> I had all these. When I was deep, deep into it, I was having crazy, crazy USFL dreams. I would tell my wife, I'd be like, I just had a dream that the USFL kidnapped me. She'd be like, go back to bed. I'd go back to bed. <laughs> um, you know, you talk about early on in the book about uh, you being an 11 year old and how you knew this truth that the USFL was just cooler than the NFL. Um, I, I don't think we talk about that a lot, um, about when you're 11 year old, 11 years old and like, you know, something and you're trying to convince adults and adults won't listen. Um, and you kind of made a book out of that. I guess I really don't have a question here, but what are your thoughts about being an 11 year old and knowing this truth? I mean, the thing is in my house, nobody knew anything about sports except me. So it wasn't like I was going to be able to sell my parents. Uh, you know, there's a running joke in my family. Like I'll say to my my mom, who am I writing a book about? Like during the Brett Favre, this is no exaggeration. Did you say, uh, Brett Ferry? No, <laughs> Brett Favre. Mom, Walter Payton, black or white? Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't like I was going to sell anyone on the USFL. But I do think sometimes when you're a kid, you see things and they just seem really explosive and really larger than life. And as people get older, they tend to get jaded and they tend to sort of lose that I mean, myself included, you know, like I watched the Lakers of the eighties growing up. I see magic Johnson throwing a no look pass. I'm blown away. And I see, you know, and it, it strikes me as this vintage 
L.A. kind of thing to do and the palm trees and the magic. And now I watch, you know, I see LeBron play for the Lakers. And it's cool, but you can't recapture the magic that you have when you see things through the eyes of a kid. It's different because everything's so much bigger. Yeah. Um, so this book was very close to you and uh, the childhood version of yourself. What's it like? I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, your colleagues praise this book. What's it like to have something so deep and personal to you being respected by your colleagues? Yeah, it's actually meaningful. It generally is. It's more, you know, I don't, it's not about colleagues, actually. Believe it or not, and I'm not just saying that. It's not like, it's not whether other writers like it. It's more do people have an appreciation for the league and does it sort of bring back a nostalgia that I have in other people? And that to me, like uh, a couple of days before the book came out, I was in New York and I just held a spontaneous event for USFL geeks like me at a bar. I put on social media, I'm going to be at this bar. Why don't we just, anyone who's interested in USFL, let's just hang out. And it was like 12 of us. And it was like having a, you know, a meeting of Magic the Gathering players, you know, or Warcraft <laughs> yeah. players where it wasn't a huge gathering and it wasn't a huge turnout, but it was really lovely and passionate. So there's something about that that's really, that's far more kind of cool to me than just, you know, whatever, the Houston Chronicle or whoever giving it a good review, which is cool. But to me, I, I just, you know, I, I try to write, I try to think about what I want to read and what excites me and what excited me when I was younger and had this love of sports and, if you can get that out of other people, right? Like you write a book and you see the reaction from other people, it's really satisfying. It truly is. I love that answer. Um, I'm a big fan of the video game Super Smash Brothers, and they have tournaments here in Chicago, and you go, and everybody's the nicest. I assume it's very similar to that event that you had. Uh, if anybody's on the fence about going somewhere where people have similar interests, it's life-changing almost. And, yeah, I, I encourage everybody to go out and take that first step. Um, yeah, man. That's well said because it's just – it's like – you always think, like, I'm a big, um, I'm really good at Miss Pac-Man, just yeah. as an example. Like, really good, like, unnaturally good at Miss Pac-Man. It's a stupid skill, but I happen to be a really good Miss Pac-Man player. And I love when I find other people who are really good at Miss Pac-Man. It's an exciting kind of thing and a bond, a quirky bond you have with someone over a video game that's 30-something years old. That kind of thing is rare, and it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I started taking improv uh, just last year, and I should have done it 10 years ago. And I, like, there's an 18 year old in my class, and I tell him all the time about how brave and lucky I think he is that he's starting now. So go on and take the first step, everybody. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, so, my, my, I've, as an NFL fan, I've always wanted to know if a team could be so poorly managed that a coaching staff or, you know, the entire organization would be late or miss a game. Did that ever threaten to happen to USFL? Because I know in your book they you've had problem or teams have had problem getting back to their home. But was there ever a problem getting to a game? Well, there were um, there were instances with the San Antonio Gunslingers when the jet fuel wasn't paid for or the plane wasn't paid for. It was mainly getting back from games though. Yeah. Um, there was one game where they had to stay over at a budget motel because no one paid for the plane. There's another incident where uh, the lieutenant governor of the state, who's been friends with the owner of the Gunslingers, you know, uh, guaranteed that the, that it would be paid for. But I don't think there were ever any games that were actually missed. Um, another thing that happened a lot was was by the end, uh, the LA Express and a couple other teams weren't replacing injured players. So you would have games where the LA Express had 28 dressed players uh, for a football game, which is unheard of. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. It, yeah, there's so much wild stuff like that that goes on in the book. My, I'm not, I don't want to tell all this story because there's 
too many to tell on this podcast, but one of my favorite stories from the book is that there was a giveaway. There was a car giveaway in the Pontiac Superdome, and the guy announcing it is the one who won. It it, ju- it was like 10 years later on The Simpsons when Kent Brockman announced the lottery and he won the lottery. What was your personal favorite story that you found out while writing this book? Oh, man, there's so many. I mean, I thought it was awesome that a player was put on the injured list because he slammed his penis in a trunk. Yeah, that, that, that stood out. I read that sentence twice when I was reading the book. I mean, it's amazing. I thought it was amazing that a player... Um, Wait, did he become a eunuch, or is he, like, I? that's pretty personal, yeah. but, like, I thought, like, I don't that know. man's a eunuch now. Yeah, I actually don't know the answer. It wasn't a car trunk, though. It was a trunk, a uh, equipment trunk. Oh, and, I thought uh, it was a I car still, trunk. I had car trunk in No, it was an equipment trunk. I, I still can't figure out how that happened, though. I can't think of any way that would happen to me that I'd be standing <laughs> close enough to a trunk. Maybe I'm just not the largest man. I don't know. But, um... <laughs> So that was one I really loved. I loved um, I loved the guy who punched his coach after getting cut and then was signed by another team to follow the owner home and threaten him with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that the Boston Breakers thought they had signed this guy, Dave Remington, the Outland Trophy winner, and invited him to Boston for a press conference to announce his signing. And then it turns out the guy was just, it was just someone playing a prank on them. But he was never actually signed. There's just a million great stories. It's a... And I'm not saying that as a compliment to me, because it's really not, it's not about the writing. It's just about calling a lot of people and people telling their stories. So That was kind of a thought I had this weekend uh, when Earl Thomas flashed the middle finger at the Seahawks sideline. I was like, well, he didn't follow uh, Pete Carroll home with a baseball bat. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, Um, could always be worse. I'm a big apologist for the Hall of Fame. I love the magic of it. Maybe like I'm a child at heart. I, yeah, I know, but. Uh, people like Herschel Walker and Sam Mills have kind of been burnt by the Hall of Fame. I, you know, I uh, had um, the commissioner of the Hall of Fame on, and I asked him about Terrell Owens a couple years ago. So I'm not, maybe not the biggest apologist, but uh, what do you think when you think of players like Herschel Walker, who built, it kind of built a league and also built the Dallas dynasty, if you think about it, and Sam Mills, who is, is somebody I think story needs to be told? So it's really interesting. There's a fine line. I've been asked about this. I haven't really expressed it this way, but I really I think about this fairly often when promoting this book. There's a fine line between, like, you don't want to become the Basketball Hall of Fame. The Basketball mm-hmm. Hall of Fame is preposterous. You know, like, why is Yao Ming in the Basketball Hall of Fame? Or why is Tracy McGrady? You know, like, it's ridiculous. Um, and at the same time, I don't think you want the stodginess of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, I think the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I, Herschel Walker, I get both arguments. He was not an all-time great NFL player. He is, however, the single-season rushing leader uh, in pro football history, and he was an amazing USFL player. I think the Sam Mills argument, I think there's, there's no argument to be made against Sam Mills in the Hall of Fame. The guy was the best player in the USFL. He was three-time all-USFL first team. Uh, he went on to be one of the great middle linebackers in NFL history. Um, I don't think a person should get in the Hall of Fame based solely on the USFL or Canadian Football League experience, but if you add that to a distinguished NFL career, it has to matter. And what really pisses me off or confuses me is how you have Steve Young, Jim Kelly, Reggie White, Gary Zimmerman in the NFL, the Pro Football Fame, and they don't even mention their USFL time on their plaques. What is yeah. I don't get that at all. The Pro Football Fame, it's not the NFL Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if the Pro Football Hall of Fame could ever do this, but even if you just changed your name to the NFL Hall of Fame, I don't know if that would be – I don't know who would be upset by that, and then the, reels would, or the rules would be more clear set. I don't know. This is um, weird. I mean, look at Doug Flutie's career. Doug Flutie had an amazing career, a truly amazing mm-hmm. career. He was a pro football player. I don't understand how he's not in a pro football team. I just don't. 
Yep, it seems disingenuous to call Pro Football Hall of Fame instead of the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, yep. That being said, what team currently do you think in the NFL would most align itself with the USFL team? When you look at all the NFL teams, what team do you think is the most USFL-like? Ah, interesting. Uh, I mean, I think of players more than teams. Like, I think a guy like Deshaun Watson would have been beautiful in the USFL. Um, the USFL was, was at a time when the NFL was rejecting African-American quarterbacks coming out of college, mm-hmm. saying they, were, they weren't smart enough to play the position, saying they need to be switched to a running back or wide receiver. The USFL was embracing young black quarterbacks. So I see guys like Deshaun Watson, um, and I think of him as a sort of, you know, or uh, uh, Lamar Jackson coming out of Louisville. Like, that guy would have been a stud in the USFL immediately. Um, so I think guys like that. I also think when you see small kind of scat back kind of guys, running backs who are 5'9", five, 5'8", five, small guys like, uh, what's his name, Tariq Cohen with the Bears. Yeah. Um, that guy's a USFL running back who exists. He's Mel Gray, who was the star of the LA Express 30 years after Mel Gray. And those guys were not that common in the NFL. Uh, do you think um, – so if if Bumpers was the USFL, who would you be? Would you be a Reggie uh, White or who would you be? <laughs> I mean, Bumpers is dead. Sadly, rest in peace, Bumpers. I did – I will say I went on – because of Bumpers, I, I continued my podcast and have much more listeners now than I had on Bumpers. So – and I definitely was the all-time leader in bumpers. It doesn't mm. mean I was the greatest on bumpers. I, don't, I, I would never say that. I'm the all-time leader. So maybe... Um, Herschel Walker? No, you know, I think I'd be like Chuck Fusina. Chuck Fusina, the quarterback of the Philadelphia Stars, is one of the all-time leaders in a lot of categories. He's not going to go down as the sexiest guy from the USFL or the most dynamic, but he was very productive. So maybe, that, maybe I'm that. All right. Um, so I love that you got SpongeBob into the book. Um, that was just a side, you know, no really question here. Um, but maybe your son likes SpongeBob. What was it like? Because uh, you, you talk in the later chapters of the book how you were able to share this experience. Also, I think in the book, or you talked on Twitter that your wife is an author now, and I saw on Sunday that you posted a nice little video with your daughter. Yep. How is it becoming a, you know, how does it feel becoming a family affair there? Um, it was great for a while, and now my kids are sick and tired of hearing about the USFL, <laughs> as is my wife, which happens with every book because I become obsessed, and then you have to promote it, and then you do interviews like these where, where you're, you're talking about you know, these things that the kids have heard a million times. or you're Not that this is a bad interview. I just think you're telling USFL stories, and they've heard all the USFL stories. So by the time the book is done and it's come out and you promoted it for a while, uh, nobody in the Perlman household Except for me, needs to hear about the USFL anytime soon. They're like, okay, enough. We get it. It was a league. You liked it. Can we move on to the next book, please? All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> never here in your own house, I guess. Um, yeah. So later on in the book, uh, Paul Tagliabu comes up, and uh, it's announced that they're going to settle out of court. But Paul Tagliabu says, hey, what if we get that Trump guy on the stand? Do you think that this was the moment that started his candidacy to become the NFL commissioner? Um, no, but it didn't hurt him. I mean, he was very highly thought of in the NFL at the time. I think he was a natural successor to Roselle, but I think it definitely, it was an important moment. It was just a really important moment for the NFL because a lot of the owners were terrified of this lawsuit. They mm-hmm. thought they were going to have to settle. It wasn't going to end well. Tagliabu really was the guy who was like, forget that. We're standing up and we, we cave now. Every time a league comes along in the future, we're going to be vulnerable. 
uh, and he really led the effort. So I don't think I don't know that it made him the next commissioner of the NFL, but it certainly didn't hurt. All right, this is the question. Are you ready for the question? I've been waiting for the question. Do you believe the 45th president of the United States committed perjury in the USFL NFL trial? Oh, 100% guaranteed. Okay. He said under oath at the NFL. <laughs> said under oath at the uh, NFL that Pete Rizal promised him a franchise. That was a lie. There's, there's 0% chance, 0% chance that Pete Rozell said to him, I'm going to give you an NFL franchise if you jump the USFL. 0% chance. Yes, he lied. It's kind of crazy reading this book um i know the last time you were on i asked you if you wrote this or got this deal because of trump and then you, you flat out said no and it was all usfl base but the comparisons between the united states football league and the united states is it's just eerie i it's kind of uncomprehensible that all this stuff happened 40 years ago and then it happened again in the in in politics i it how it's crazy yeah it's but crazy. How did we allow this to happen? I guess. I mean, we like if if you would have. Well, Trump didn't allow. Trump didn't allow it to happen. Trump made it happen. It's us, we the people, and them the owners who allow it to happen. Somehow, this guy. I mean, look. I'm a New Yorker. I understand. I think a lot of us here in New York understand the sort of mentality of Trump. We get guys like him. You know, I grew up. I remember walking the city as a kid. My dad pointing out, if you walk in the city, you, you see uh, there's this old scam where it's a, it's a shell game on a corner atop a cardboard box. Mm-hmm. It's a guy, he puts a little ball under a shell. You know, you've seen the game with the walnut shells. And he has a bunch of his friends standing around, except nobody knows they're his friends. And they're winning. They're winning money every time they're winning. Mm-hmm. And other people come along and watch the game, and they say, holy crap, these guys are winning. I, I'll put down 100 bucks, and then you lose. Like, we've seen this game. Here. That's why he's so ridiculously unpopular in New York, because we all know he's a con man. But he's a really effective con man uh, with people that are selectively naive. It's crazy. Uh, what's next for Jeff Perlman? You got a book on the pipeline? Um, next is I'm going to get two slices of pizza and a soda. And then, uh, yeah, I'm working on an NBA book. I can't say this subject yet. I'm a little paranoid. Can I suggest the book for maybe after the NBA book? Yeah, go ahead. I would love for someone to do a deep dive on the Pete Carroll era of the Seahawks. I think that would make a good book. Eh, I don't know if there's a big market. That's the only thing. Do enough people care? Maybe. Yeah. I guess it's the same thing as the Gamblers, where it'd be a good book, but not a big enough market. Exactly. Everyone's oh, do that book on the San Antonio Gunslingers. Eh, oh, Gunslingers. Yeah. Happen. Sorry. I'm, yeah. Right. Yeah. I gotta eat. Gotta eat. So uh, you know, this okay. is my this is my risky book. This is my book where you take a shot at it. You know, it's not going to be the biggest seller ever, but. Hopefully it catches the buzz. Oh, you were saying you have to eat like you have to sell books, not like I have to go eat pizza yeah. right now. I thought no, you were pushing no, 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 like phone. I literally have to eat. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, either way, it's Jeff Perlman. Please buy his book, Football for a Buck. It's on Amazon. I don't know where else people buy books. Just go to Amazon. You know, I don't know. There's, there's a bookstore. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. Go there. If there's a bookstore ran by mom and pop. Go there instead. I don't know. Please. Um, do. Uh, Jeff Perlman at Jeff Perlman on Twitter. Please buy his book, Football for a Buck. Jeff, you've been great. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Jonder's here still. I'm joined by Rostog. Rostog, say hi. Hi. What did you think about my Jeff Perlman interview? Um, I think 
that you're a very talented interviewer who's asking the hard-hitting questions and you really give us insight into things that you know people wouldn't normally be exposed to so you know bravo to you i actually i did ask him if he actually you'll you'll hear it later um are you gonna buy football for a buck um you know probably not okay like, that was the wrong answer it's a great book everybody should buy it you're a creep <laughs> Um, so last week I talked about your ex-girlfriend, Megan. Remember I said she was a looker, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Easy on the eyes. I looked her up. Do you want to, do you want me to report to you what has happened in her life? Um, I actually was at a wedding a few weeks ago where she was at and, um, she promptly left because myself and two other of her ex-boyfriends <laughs> were there. <so. laughs> yeah, I'm well aware. Her boyfriend looks like an uglier, dumber, fatter version of you. Which is hard, because you're so dumb, fat, and ugly looking. <laughs> right. So, you know, maybe I was the catch. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, that, that, I, I assume he comes from money. And, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Um... Because, man, she was easy on the eyes. I added her very on Facebook creep, anyways. Very, creep, very creepy of you to go and look her up. But Why? Okay. I added her as a Facebook friend. What's creepy about that? I want to reconnect with an old high school friend. <laughs> Good for you. I'm proud of you. We once you shared a kiss I, at I midnight. Have, What's, you know, I have something an old friend. I want to talk about. Hey. I have something I want to talk about. All right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Don't sound so reluctant. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, so I was, I was, I was out with Katie last weekend, and um, we went over to uh, I don't know if you remember Melissa Magdos. We went over to her. Yeah, house, your cousin. Right? Yeah, right, correct. Um, and uh, we were talking about the high school reunion. Our ten year reunion will be next year. So okay, not a chance like, in hell that I go. I said the same thing. I was like, that sounds like the, that sounds like my literal living hell. <laughs> and they're like, you're crazy. You would want to go and blah, blah, blah. We talk no, to everybody I we want to talk to. Thank you. I literally have slimmed my friend group down to the exact people <laughs> I want in it. And I don't want another person to penetrate that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think they're crazy for being like, oh, yeah. 100% I'm going to the 10-year high school reunion. And, like, why would why would you not want Dude, to Dude, I had to cut all of the... You know that group of people I've been playing Nintendo games online with? Mm-hmm. I had to cut them all out of my life. I, I literally couldn't handle the anxiety of having 10 extra friends. It was too much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally... And, like, I, I feel, feel like, like a jerk, but, like, I couldn't handle having 10 more friends. It was... It, no. it's It's... It's too much. No, no, you're... you're you couldn't have said it better. I'm 100% on your team. Um, yeah. I bet one of them are listening and is going to report to you. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, well, hey. it's, nothing against, it's nothing against them. If oh, anything, no. They're great, wonderful the people. people. Yeah, I'm yeah, the bad we're guy. we're the bad people. Oh, right, yeah. Right. They're great, wonderful people. Um, anyways, this is a football podcast. And uh, <laughs> do you want to hear uh, the spread between the Patriots and the Colts on Thursday Night Football? I guess. It's uh, t- minus 10 for the Patriots. T.Y. Hilton's out, and um, it's in New England. I'm taking the Pats. I, we don't need to talk about this, though. 
I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's here's a game that's more interesting. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens okay. are three and a half point favorites at Cleveland. You know how I feel about Baker Mayfield, and you know I've gone on about these Baltimore wide receivers. I think this is the most fun Baltimore offense to watch since the team's inception, since that that team left Cleveland. And you know how I feel about everything that's going on in Cleveland. Although Callaway is is kind of breaking my heart. He keeps dropping these passes, but Callaway's going to get it right. I did it. How did they get shafted last weekend? By it was it was, it was really bad, and yeah. did it, did it make you hurt even more because you went out in the pool too, that losers pool? Yeah, and I was thinking about that as I was losing. I was like, it's weird that we haven't brought up the losers pool yet on the podcast. Your yeah, we pick, at all. yeah, your pick. We're we were both oh, or we were we both two out. losses. Just yeah, we were both. But man, the 49ers were doing everything to give you a hard time, and somehow you squeaked was, out of that one. It was awful, and yeah, I mean, I get to fight another day. That's pretty much all. Not taking the Dolphins was just hubris. It was just me being like, I have a football podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I love it too. Me and Vince, we actually talk about you. It, nothing terrible, but it's, it's it's more along the lines of like, John tries to make all these really quote-unquote smart losing picks and they always seem to bite him in the ass like you're the first one out which is kind of funny <laughs> hey i'll be the first to raise my hand and say i know nothing so um anyways back to this hey, game okay. baltimore at yeah. cleveland i love both these teams i feel like both these teams are kind of my babies this year and i don't know what i want to do i'm gonna take the ravens on the road minus three and a half though I'm going to take the Browns at home. Wow. See, now I feel yeah. like a chump. Oh, also, you won last week. So, what? what's your record yes, now? I did, two, baby. one, and one? That sounds right. And mine's one, two, and one? Yeah, whatever. Correct. Yeah, see, you're winning this. You're winning the loser's pool. Because, you know what? Can I buy back in? Because now I want to give it to Vince. So, we talked about, like, buybacks. And the only way we were going to do buybacks is if, Everyone gets one strike. When there is a winner, you can pay to get back in. But since we do three strikes, no go. Whatever. Vince is a creep. All right. We might do it that way next year. Jacksonville travels to Kansas City. Kansas City's offense is my happy place. That's where I go to relax and to get away from the what ails me in the world. Patrick Mahomes. Space Alien Mahomes, as I'm calling him. Uh, this Jacksonville defense, I feel, isn't as advertised. It's not as good as it was in years past. And I feel like Patrick Mahomes is the perfect person to expose them right now. That's why I'm taking Kansas City minus three. I love that you bring this up because this was something I wanted to ask you about today. Where I'm looking over the list of games and I see this game and I'm like, hell yeah, I want to take the Chiefs. I know they didn't. They didn't cover, right? They, they did won. cover. Yeah, they did cover. They did. They did cover. Okay. Um, so I think they've covered every game so far. And this is the game where I start to think, stay very far away because of defense, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much that remains true. Like, is, are, is Jacksonville for real or not? Or are they going to do that thing where, like, they win – and then they lose, and then they win, and then they lose literally the entire season. Just eight and eight, back and forth. 
like that would make sense for Jacksonville's uh, record to end up that way. I think Blake Bortles will be able to because the same way as Case Keenum was more or less able to do whatever he wanted against Kansas City. I don't think Blake Bortles is going to be you know impaired by this Kansas City defense, but I also don't think he can keep up with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. And uh, the other thing is that uh, you know Fournette is out now every week. Like don't count on Fournette if you have him fantasy. Try to trade him, uh, but I think T.J. Yeldon's better for that offense. Anyways, I've said that a couple times already, but I just I'm going with the the hot kid. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Are you going with uh, the Chiefs too? Oh yeah, for sure. Tennessee. Three and a half point favorites on the road in Buffalo. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. Go back. What, was the spread three points? Three points. Yep. We should think about uh, at Kansas City. Yeah, we should we should make a call to somebody about that one. Wow, that's yeah. We should we see, should definitely. That's just, that's just where like that's just where like I think I'm wrong, but I'm not sure if someone else is wrong. Dude, let's just ride know. the Chiefs this year because that's what we we won that one bet We're against with the, or, with the Chiefs. Let's just ride the Chiefs all year. That's true. I mean, they can Just, be our new Patriots. Yeah, the Chiefs are Andy Reid. We're in. Wow. Okay, I'm in. What a I'm weird in. time. What a weird time to live in. Uh, Tennessee traveling to Buffalo. Tennessee's a three and a half point favorite. I, this defense is a lot better than people think. That secondary is legit. And um, I know Kyle Windhorn was on the show last Friday talking about how great his uh, the Packers or how great the Bills are. Now the Bills are going to be the Packers. That didn't come to fruition. Sorry, Kyle. And I love Tennessee minus three and a half here. I know I've said what I've said about Mariota on this podcast, but I think he's average to okay. Average is okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But that defense and, and very bull as the coach, I'm loving what they're doing in Tennessee. Um, I, I don't really have much to say about either of these teams. Like, Tennessee is in the bottom half of the top NFL teams, and the Bills are in the bottom three of all NFL teams. So, so they'll take the Titans? Yeah, <laughs> just with logic, I suppose. Are you ready for this week's hot matchup? You know, we were talking about weather before uh, we got on the phone, and yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not all for it, but like, I know people that live in Los Angeles, like they just have nice weather all the time, so I kind of envy them. Um, I I don't know really where I'm going with this, but yeah, let's give me the hot game. It's like it's like 85 where me and Ross Doug live for no reason. It's <sighs> New York Giants. Travel to Carolina, where it'll be a steamy 98 degrees. That can't be right. I'm looking that up again. Anyways, it'll be hot there. Don't worry about it. Just trust me. It's 98. It won't be, but just trust me. Carolina's a seven-point favorite, which seems like a hot lot. It seems like a hot, I think I just accidentally said. But the more I look at it, the more like the Panthers here. Uh, the Giants suck. O- or Odell's not getting the ball enough. Eli can't get him the ball and their offensive line oh, yeah, is kind of garbage. That sounds like a QB problem. Yeah, it's it's all Eli. Eli's too old. Um, we gave uh, we gave him a nice moratorium last year, and he came back from the dead. And zombie Eli Manning is not doing well. <laughs> How old is zombie Eli? Uh, I'm gonna say 37. Want to profit? Wow, guess? he's over 35. Yeah, oh, I definitely. Say, I, I say I say over 35. Um, I don't know. 30, 35 and a half. He's 37. I looked it up. I was right. Yep. 
I looked it um, up. I was right. Tell Vince that. Put that in Vince's pipe. So, like, I didn't really, I'm taking I didn't really didn't realize that Eli was that old. I'll also take Carolina. But, like, when when the time for Eli to say goodbye? Tom Brady's 41. I know, um, but Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Eli just beat him once on twice. accident. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Denver. Traveling to New York, where New York's a one-point favorite. I don't get this line. Um, people love Sam Darnold, and I don't get it. Like, he's been okay yeah. for a rookie, and I don't get all the hype. I, it might be like a New York thing. Um, that being said, Denver was uh, hanging in there with Kansas City. You know, Denver beat my Seahawks. I think it's ridiculous that the Jets are favored at all. Give me Denver. Yeah, um, I'm taking Denver too because I, I, I still don't understand why people are making lines in favor of the Jets, but wh- I, whatever, I, I don't know. I, my my main question for you here today is I don't understand the Broncos. They're like quietly good or, or like... I think they're the best mediocre team. Which is yes. pretty good, okay, like, perfect. and I think they'll thank be. You for, thank you for like, putting it that way. Yeah, they might make be a wild card team, maybe, uh-huh. but like they're just like really good at being okay. Who's their quarterback again? See, I don't even know that. Case Keenum. Hmm. Okay. And like Case Keenum's had a pretty interesting career, um, but where did he get drafted? Houston, I think. He was in Houston for a while, and then he was with the Rams, and then the Vikings, and now the uh-huh. Broncos. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, then it's a very interesting career Journeyman. trajectory. <laughs> yeah. I bet Case Keenum is going to be on the Bucks in in six years, and he's going to have have a hot start. I'm going to be like Case Keenum magic, woo! <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'll remind you of the beginning of this season, and we'll still be doing this. The, I won't be getting the, paid. Yeah, it'll be the great. Bears. They sucked. The magic out of Fitz Magic. It's gone. It's hey, gone. Do you want to talk about do you want to talk about the in sync bye 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 teams? Um I mean we can. I don't have much to say about the Bucks, but I think I, I still I'm I'm not sold on Trubisky. No, but like, okay, hold it right there. I, this is what I wanted to br- this is why I wanted to bring up the bye teams because I was very uh, hard on Trubisky and I think at the time it was deserved, but I want to say this. I told you that after the bye week I wanted to bet on the Dolphins against the Bears, but because I want to like start preparing you for that, but I'm out. I'm not in on that anymore after watching the tape. <laughs> after watching the tape, uh Trubisky was given throws and he was able to make them and it was a step in the right direction, and I want to give Trubisky props because he was making the throws. You know what I mean? Like, he was doing his job. How much do you think that plays into, like, his confidence level moving forward? Because I thought the same thing. I don't know. I need to look at him in his eyes. You know how I am with Trubisky's eyes. I need to look at his eyes. I know. You're, you're right about the eye thing, though. Like, he didn't – I remember – I think I said it the first game. I was like – he still just looks like a sad puppy coming off the field to, like, Aaron Rodgers. I'll know it so, a week from Sunday at, like, 11.55. I'll know if he'll win or not. Maybe it's his dumb mouth. He has a weird <laughs> mouth. You know what the other thing is? Is now that we're a little bit older, it's just weird to see somebody that looks like he's a 19-year-old out there. Yeah. Oh, I've noticed that watching professional sports as I get older. And you know what? It's funny, too, because I'm so so not an athlete or oh yeah i know fit and yeah. and all these dudes that are like 23 years old they look 
five years older than me. Like, mm-hmm. I was at True Value the other day, and someone, they, they're like, here you go, son. I was like, I don't look like a child anymore. I, I'm clearly in my 20s, but I still, compared to these dudes, you know that they're younger than you, but they just look, they look like men, and I still look like a boy. The Atlanta, see, this is the next game we're going to talk about, the Atlanta Falcons at Pittsburgh is the coulda, shoulda, woulda bowl. The Pittsburgh Steelers are favored by three points. I, you know, I love Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think you're talking about like the psyche of Mitch Trubisky. I can't get into Ben Roethlisberger's head or Mike Tomlin's head or Antonio Brown's head. Like they're, Ben they're Roethlisberger all... doesn't have anything in that head. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to get into. Ooh, okay. Um, but dude, you remember uh, Bostic, John Bostic from the that Bears a couple of years ago? But it's very hard to sack me too. Replacing Ryan Shazier or John Bostic is obviously going to be terrible, and I don't know what the difference between Le'Veon Bell and Connor is because, like, production-wise, they're the same. But it's like when Marshawn Lynch used to get big runs in Seattle, the crowd would charge up, or when JJ Watt would get a sack, uh, you know, where he still does the crowd. It's like Le'Veon Bell when he would pause. I don't know. It was just like it was a it was a momentum thing, and they're not getting that momentum thing from uh, Connor. Anyways, long story short, I'm gonna take the red hot Steve Sarkeesian offense in Pittsburgh. So I'm taking the Falcons plus three. Yeah, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think I told you last week that Pittsburgh is dead. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember, but that sounds right. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're dead. I, I mean, they're I, they won't make the playoffs this year, dude. We should have looked at that plus three for the Ravens last week. I would have been all, all in on that. Okay, anyways, um, Green Bay traveling to Detroit, where Green Bay is a two point favorite on the road against Matt Stafford. I kind of like Detroit here. I think um, the Packers no. beat up on a Bills team coming off a big win when they were reading their own clippings. I think Detroit, man, Golden Tate is so good. I love Golden Tate, and I think that's what's swaying me here. Even though Golden Tate did once hi hat me when I went, you know, I want to shake his hand and get something signed by him. He wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't even look me in the eyes. Golden Tate, never forget. Anyways, um, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is uh, has a limp. What do you want? What, the, we're minus two on the road. Yeah. See, this is what I want to talk to you about. I just had this like internal debate while you were talking. You, you, I, you should listen to me I when I talk. Well, I was listening to you, but I was going back and forth. Like, what is the right pick here? I really, I, I don't know. Do you, do you want to forego this together? Ooh, I we mean, can have one game a week. We did that last week. We can have one game a week. Yeah. Hey, also. It's a new month, baby. You know what that means? Uh uh-uh. uh. New locks of the month. Oh, big time. Yep. I'm saving my lock. I already know what it is. You're going to use it this week? Um. Maybe. That's a, for the maybe. listener to find yeah, out. Yeah, Miami. Week, week's not over. Week's not over. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins no longer number one at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a six and a half point favorite. Disrespecting the Dolphins. That being said, um, Andy Dalton is killing it this year. His ball placement's been impeccable. AJ Green's doing it. Uh, you know, Geno Alkin- Geno Atkins is one of the most uh, least talked about great defensive players. That was a horrible sentence. You get what I'm saying? Geno Atkins is great. Uh, that defense, I think, is pretty good. 
give me the six and a half point favorite home Bengals, baby. What's going on in Miami? Um, Gloria Estefan uh, is dancing or something. Get on your feet. You know, why do I sing so much on this podcast? I don't know. Um, <sighs> the rhythm's going to get you, Ross Dog. Hey, okay, so uh, Ryan Tannehill. Just because, like, I don't, I don't trust the Dolphins. But, yeah, continue with Ryan Tannehill. I don't know. I got nothing. Um, he's a better runner than he is a quarterback, so that's a problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the only game we've differed so far on is Baltimore-Cleveland, and that's the game I'm least – that's the game where I like my pick the least. So I don't like that. I I know. I know. Oakland. See, I'm playing, I'm playing very strategically. <laughs> you creep. You should be going with your gut, not some – all right, whatever. Oakland at Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are minus six, and this would have been a good candidate for a game we didn't pick because I hate the Raiders, and the Chargers are cursed. You know? There will probably be more uh, okay. Raiders fans at this game. Um, after, I just watched – the last game I watched this week was the L.A. Raider or, or L.A. Chargers-San uh, Francisco game, and the San Francisco is hanging around that game just because the Chargers are cursed and they don't know how to win. Um but, man, those two running backs, Eckler has really been doing well lately. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers, but mostly just because I hate the Raiders so much. Um, I have, like, a weird amount of confidence in the Chargers here. I don't know if it's, if it's because I think, like, the Raiders literally blew their load to try and beat the Browns. and like Which is barely a crazy thing to say. Like, they had to give everything they had and got lucky yeah. on two different officiating calls to beat the Browns in yeah. overtime. Yeah, exactly. So, like, number one, I think the not only are the Browns a much better team than the Raiders, I think they just, you know, it's it's the way it's the and way it's, the it was, it was a pretty big one. road trip, too, for the Browns. And they're a young team, and they, you know, need to figure out how to win those games. Yeah, they haven't... <laughs> They haven't had much experience going on the road and winning, but like now that they have a team that pretty much could, it's going to take a couple, but they'll they'll get there. Anyway, the the, the Raiders just they shock, and I think that, <laughs> I, I think that the Chargers will win by a touchdown. Yeah. So this was the game that I was looking at to be a lock, but I understand your. They're cursed. Apprehension. Yeah, they're cursed. Dude, I, I cut Robbie Gould last week. Right, So Sunday morning, I cut Gould and pick up Sturgis, and Sturgis misses two extra points and a field goal. Robbie Gould hasn't missed a field goal in like 10 decades. Also, I was thinking that this morning when I was watching the game. Why the hell did the Bears cut Robbie Gould four years ago or whatever? He he went like he was like sub ninety on his field goal percentage for the first time in his whole career, and they oh better cut the guy during his first cold strike. Yep, yep, yeah. It, it was it was a, along the same lines of uh, when Lovey they got Smith rid of ten uh, years. Yeah, ten yeah, one, yeah, yeah. So you know, really good, uh, really good uh, front office operation. I love the Bears, the Bears, but I hate the Bears. Like I want to love the Bears, but they do things like that, and it really I don't know for some reason the Gould thing really always rubbed me the wrong way. I agree. I mean, what they did with Erlacher, dude, they're just... That they're didn't just bother me because Erlacher's a jerk. Uh, 
You know how I am. All right, anyways. Hey, you know, uh, Erlacher was flirting with the Minnesota Vikings when he retired because he was going to come back one more year for the Vikings. That never came to pass. But what will come to pass is the Vikings playing the world champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are a three-point favorite. And, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I'm going to take the team with the, uh, with the, I don't know. I'm taking the home team. Basically because they're the home team. Also, I like the quarterback more. I like their... I, I don't know whose defense I like the more, but, man, Anthony Barr has been exposed. I mean, they can't leave him on the field in uh, passing situations because he can't cover. I mean, he's been exposed the last two weeks. Um, Yeah, don't bet on this game. But, yeah. like, I'll take the Vikings. Oh, you'll take the Vikings. Wow, okay. Yeah. So we now have two games we disagree on, which reeks of a tie. Um, anyways, moving on. <laughs> I know. I don't think we'll be tied after this one because the Los Angeles Rams are traveling north to Seattle where the Rams are a seven-and-a-half-point oh, favorite. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my boys, my Hawks, flicking off the coaches, you know, getting not helping Sam – or not helping Rosen up, not helping Josh Rosen up. Bobby Wagner just walked by him. Uh, Russell's out there blocking for Mike Davis. My boys are back. This is my Seahawks team. <laughs> And you're going to disrespect them by making That's seven and great. a half point home dogs? No, 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 no. Okay, yes, I, I understand. Yeah, the boys are back in town. Everything's great. Earl Thomas is out, which you failed to mention. Yeah, and well, I was, I'm still the, pretty torn up about it. That's okay. I understand. Um, I really did like his uh, farewell, giving that dude the finger. That was. Cool. It's currently in my header on Facebook and Twitter. Ah, yes, very appropriate of you. Yeah. Um. I'm surprised that uh, a huge media conglomerate has not hired you to be a writer for them yet. <laughs> what kind of dick is that? <laughs> um, okay. The I, don't, Rams, I didn't care for that one bit. Go on with your point. <laughs> the Rams are the best total NFL team Fair point. right now. Okay, good point. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll take the Rams. Okay, I haven't made my I pick yet. This, I think if this drops to, um, I think if this drops to a solid seven instead of seven and a half, uh, I'd be interested in it. But um, but if it raises up it to can, a fourteen, we can put a little money down on a Seahawks money line. Uh, yeah. that was ridiculous. What I just said. Hey, I don't know um, <laughs> how it would get to that point, but okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't even want to say. Um, so last week. I famously, people were blogging about it. Everybody was telling their 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 significant others about it. I picked the Dolphins over the Patriots. This week, I'm picking the Rams over the Seahawks. That's right, Seattle. I don't believe in you. Prove me wrong. Next, uh, next up on Sunday Night Football, we have an all Texas affair. But, the but, Dallas but wait, Cowboys. Wait. You, yeah, you yeah. did take you did take the Seahawks though, right? No, I took the Rams. Oh, prove boo. me wrong, Seahawks. Seahawks, come, come prove me wrong. Boo, that's a cheap shot by you. Boo. I didn't take the Patriots last week, and boo. they proved me wrong, so now I want the Seahawks. The I don't have boo. to pick my favorite team every week. That's ridiculous. Boo. I'm going to be on this podcast when, they, when the Seahawks not only cover, but win. Talking about how I believed in them the whole time. Dallas Cowboys <laughs> going to Houston, where Houston's a three-point favorite. Uh, both of these quarterbacks are having years to forget. 
I like the Cow or I like the Texans defensive unit better than I like the Cowboys. I think this might be a breakout game for Honey Badger as a Texan. Obviously, everybody knows who Honey Badger is, but I think this will be the game that kind of puts him on the map as a Houston Texan, and that's why I'm taking the Texans minus three because I love their defense. JJ Watt had another uh, two sacks. So after we talked about how he hadn't had one in two years, he's had five. What's the spread again? Three in favor of the home Texans. So minus three Texans. I'm going to say, yeah, minus three Texans. I'm going to say these two primetime games, all three of these primetime games suck. They could have done better. Yeah, I I, I noticed that when you sent me the list over, I I didn't really understand why or what was going on. Yeah. Um, Baltimore-Cleveland would have been a good Thursday night game, Monday night game, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Minnesota at Philly would have been a great primetime game. Yeah. Um, Dallas is at that point where, like, they're starting to fall off, right? And, like, you still have that, like, thought in the back of your head where you're like, but they used to be good. And you still want to pick them, but they're, like, not good, so you shouldn't pick them? Is that I, where they're at right now? I I guess so. I don't think Dak Prescott has been as good as he was in the first, like, four weeks of him playing. Um, I don't know if that's, like, defensive coordinators figuring him out or whatever. He's still – I don't know. I, I Maybe he's just in a rough patch, but that offense still goes through Zeke Elliott, who is out of control good. Um it's interesting because Todd Gurley or Zeke are the best running backs in the league right now, and if Zeke was on an offense like the Rams, it would be – I don't know. I it, Zeke would be on – I don't know. Uh, how was that? Was that good podcasting? Are you still not uh, sure how some big conglomerate hasn't hired me yet? Um, no, I – you're you're a bully. All right, you were a no, bully no. in high school, and you're a bully now. Hey, I'm gonna tell a story about from me in high school. You ready for this? You know what? I think that this this like season of yeah. forward pass thinking audio content. Every episode we've brought up something from high school, but now I'm starting to think back. Like, do we bring up stuff from high school every week? Are we just living in the past? That was the bit I said at the beginning of the year that I was going to bring up a, a horrible story from high school every week. So you're re- you you have six, seventeen of them? Oh, at least. Okay, all I have right, two yeah, in I'm, my head right I'm, now. I'm all in. Go. Um. So one, I used to hang out with this girl Brianna. She was a year older than me. I thought she was cute. Gerald? You know. Uh, who? No, not Gerald. Brianna. Gerald? So oh, okay. uh, stop saying Gerald. Brianna. So I used to think she was cute. Uh, I used to go over to her house and listen to sad records and make out with her. You know, that was our thing. Uh, but she, uh, listener, had a boyfriend, you know. So I was, a, I was a little bit of a jerk in the situation. But one day I was like, you know what? It was a lot of fun, but I'm out. You know, I don't want this guy to come beat me up or something. I'm right. just out. Uh, so Are the you next using the code name with Brianna? No, her name was Brianna. Name? I'm not giving her oh, last okay. name, but her name was Brianna. Uh, so anyways... Uh, then the next day at school, we were in graphics class together. Remember print shop? I was in print shop. She was in print shop with me and she says, you know what? I'm going to beat you up. And I was like, all right, cool. Brianna's going to beat me up. I was at, I was at Kyle Holmes's house then, uh, that Friday maybe. And, uh, a car pulls up. She gets out and then she like starts like 
stomping towards me, you know, like kind of like a jog. I'm like, uh, should I take my glasses off? You know, I had glasses on. She's like, yeah. So I took my glasses off, and then she started wailing on my face. She started punching my face over and over again. And then at one point I grabbed her wrists, and she was like, you know, I have weak wrists. You know, she was always talking about how weak her wrists were. So then I was like, I let go, and then she punched me some more, and then she left. I got beat up by a girl. How hard did she punch you, though? She had rings on. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah, she cut up my face. Huh. So I'm taking the Texans, and that's why. Who are you taking? I'll take Dallas. Uh, Do you know what time it is? Oh, yes. It's time for uh, me to tell you this. Like, I gave Michael deserves... 95% 95% credit for this amazing pun. But um, yesterday during the Cubs game, uh, John Lester walked the first batter and they scored a run in the first inning, pretty much the run that like won the Rockies the game. And Michael uh, had texted Lyle. I was watching the game with Lyle and said something along the lines of, uh, I guess we're off to a rocky start. And Lyle told me, and I thought that was an incredibly worked out joke. So I just wanted to share that with you. I never liked Michael. Um, anyways. Fair enough. I, I, can, I can see why. Um, but you may proceed with the Monday night game, I assume it is. Public domain. Public domain. This Whoa. game is public domain. The Washington Orange Skins travel to New Orleans. Are you honking at somebody right now? Yeah, sorry. He just stopped in the middle of an intersection. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. Okay. Anyways, New Orleans Saints are six and a half point favorites. I think they have the MVP, Alvin Kamara. I think Mike Thomas is a legit top three wide receiver in the NFL, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. I have no idea what Sean Payton's doing with the backup quarterback, Taysom Hill. It's incredible. I don't even know. I don't get it. It's unbelievable. And the Washington Orange Skins are. I'm taking the Saints minus six and a half. Yeah, same. Okay. Um, make sure you subscribe to Four Pass Thinking everywhere you listen to podcasts. All these episodes are on YouTube, even though no one listens to them on YouTube. Uh, go to fourpassthinking.com. I might have a big announcement for everybody soon, but uh, also I might not. Follow me on Twitter at JondersFPT. Follow Ross Dog on Twitter at RossDogFPT. And please buy Jeff Perlman's book, Football for a Buck. It's my favorite book I've read in a long time. Um, all about the USFL, so please go check that out. And that's all. Uh, you got anything, Ross Dog? Yes, I do have something this week. Um, yesterday, Richard had texted me. Um, he didn't say anything. Uh, he just sent me a link of an 11,000-page article written by Chuck Klosterman. Every every Van Halen song ranked from best to worst. <laughs> it is it is honestly. Why didn't he send mind, that in our group message? It is mind blowingly impressive. Um, I don't know why he sent. I I don't know if he like. Uh, if, you've talked to him about you liking Klosterman. He's I know he's the reason I like Klosterman. Yeah. Um. I don't know. 
maybe he didn't know if you uh, gave a shit about Van Halen or not. I definitely don't under normal circumstances as you hawk at somebody else. But I love anything through the eyes of Chuck. Um, I agree. He is one of my favorite pop culture writers. And I guess, I guess that's a, a poor category to put him in because he's kind of like one of the only pop culture writers I read. But you know, So whatever. buy Football for a Buck and then buy Eating the Dinosaur. Buy those two books. All right. Bye, everybody. Please tell me what's funny. No. Maybe it's more of an observation than humorous. Please. I just like how I very easily set a record that you are having very much difficulty beating, and that pleases me. Have you beaten it, though? (laughs) That's not important. You son of a bitch. All right. Hold on one second. Hold on one second.